We head to the Wellington studio now where Colin Peacock's ensconced, I hope. Yes, I'm ensconced <laughs> as, Karen, indeed. Very good. Okay. Uh, and the reporting of a COVID sceptic is the first thing that's bothering you tonight. Yeah, this is the story of Lucinda Balsh um, from Australia. She uh, was released uh, from uh, MIQ yesterday after a 28-day stretch. In fact, just down the road from RNZ's headquarters here on the terrace, she's been in an MIQ hotel uh, not far away. So she refused to have a COVID test, which is why she had that extended stay in MIQ and then was released yesterday and, and now says she's seeking a judicial review of that. Uh, Judith Collins uh, got in the headlines for saying we should deport her straight away, but yeah, she says she's sticking around to get this judicial review of her treatment. Um, But she first made the news, Lucinda Balsh, when last weekend, when it was first reported in mainstream media, at least, that she'd uh, had this extended MIQ stay. And um, RNZ uh, ran a story last weekend saying that Lucinda said she just wants more information before agreeing to a PS, uh, PSR test. And uh, she's, they quoted her saying, as someone with a medical background and knowing the importance of informed consent, it's my right. And she went on to say, at the moment, I just haven't had the assurances. Now, RNZ also reported that the Ministry of Health said that she got the same information as anyone else in MIQ. The swab was the gold standard for detecting uh, covid And more than a million and a half of these tests have been carried out so far in MIQ without any safety issues. So that all sounded, you know, fairly reasonable. But there was a red flag in this in that RNZ also said that Lucinda Balsh had seen research from Portugal, as she put it, that the uh, PCR swabs uh, were 90% ineffective. uh, Sorry, 97% ineffective. Now, this is a big red flag because uh, groups online particularly that campaign against COVID restrictions pass around the story it relates to four Germans I think who challenged uh, their quarantine in Portugal and some judges who weren't medical experts you know referred to studies they'd seen that might have cast doubt on uh, PCR swabs effectiveness so that is a big red herring if she's raising that but RNZ's story because of the copy sharing was, was read pretty widely elsewhere as well and then uh, on Monday, News Hub followed up on this. News Hub at six spoke to Lucinda Balch and reported she was going to be released on Tuesday. And their report uh, last night uh, began like this. Lucinda Balch has protested COVID-19 protection measures in Australia. Now she's refusing a COVID-19 test here, turning her 14-day stint in managed isolation into a 28-day stretch. My intention come here, transition the children, go home. Yeah, so that's Lucinda there. But another red flag there in that opening line of the News Hub story, she has protested COVID protection measures in Australia. I think that needed a bit of further explanation. And News Hub's piece last night ended with this. She's considering legal action over her extended stay. When you left Australia, had you intended that you'd be challenging our legal system in terms of quarantine? In no way at all. If she doesn't take action, she'll be on a plane back to Australia two weeks later than she had planned. Mm, so summing it up, uh, I guess here's a person who they've described as, you know, known to be against COVID protection measures, uh, now saying she wants to take the government to court over this business of COVID testing. So I think you know, we need to know quite a bit more about her. News Hub just skated right over that activist background of hers and uh, it didn't really feature in RNZ's first story about her last weekend at all. I think further explanation is the thing of the past, Colin, when it comes to reporting. Did anyone else in the media follow up on Lucinda's background and what what were there actually did we need to know? 
Well, on Tuesday, some reports sort of hinted at it. New Zealand Herald, for example, also noted that she'd protested against lockdowns in the past and that she'd told the Herald she'd looked up uh, mask exemptions and participated in what she described as a freedom event, uh, same-day stuff. Uh, in fact, yesterday's stuff uh, said that Bolsh had confirmed to them that she'd attended a big protest in Melbourne where more than 400 people were arrested. But this was only hinting at the depth of her you know, stance against the testing. And uh, it was only after people on social media had looked at this and said, look, all you need to do is a quick shifty around online and you would find enough to probably persuade you as a journalist or an editor that her claims and motivations should be treated with real caution. Uh, she's allied to people in Australia with uh, fairly extreme re- uh, views re- resisting COVID. And, you know, that raises the possibility that she kind of planned, uh, she took the opportunity to bring these foster children into New Zealand, uh, into, into uh, MIQ. That was the reason she, she was here in the first place, to bring foster children back to New Zealand. Now, um, she had made f- rambling formal complaints about that anti-lockdown demo in Melbourne, and those are available online, easily searchable under her name. And Dylan Reeve, who's a colleague of um, the blogger David Farrier and uh, uh, the journalist and documentary maker, he runs that blog Webworm, which digs into um, a lot of COVID denialism and uh, QAnon conspiracy theories, all that sort of stuff. Dylan pointed out that... Um, you know, he was able to find pretty quickly a press statement online which had Balsh's details on it. And in that, she said, um, Ms. Balsh has had enough of what she considers to be the political grandstanding of Jacinda Ardern and Dr. Bloomfield that isn't based on any medical science. Um, and quotes her, Lucinda Balsh, as saying, I've done many hours of research. I feel more qualified than Ms. Ardern to make decisions for my safety. So this, I think, goes much further than her, as she was reported initially, as just being anxious and wanting assurances about the safety and effectiveness of COVID testing. So you reckon the media's been played by Bolsh, fallen victim to what was an effective publicity stunt. She was going into MIQ to actually publicise objections to restrictions. Can't be sure that was her absolute um, uh, intention at the start of it. But, um, you know, I think there is actually a real risk of it. I mean, on the face of it, those stories are correct. I mean, uh, Lucinda Bolsh did say those things when asked by reporters. You know, they reported faithfully what it was she said she was concerned about. Um, But I think, you know, Dylan Reeve in one of his posts online when he was criticising some of the media coverage said the media might have leaned too heavily on the words that she had tailored for the media and not enough at what she told those who share her ideology. Um, And whereas I think he's right there because whereas she told RNZ and News Hub particularly that she would readily consent once she had these assurances she was looking for, I don't think so, because I looked at one of the YouTubes, one of many uh, YouTube videos uh, that she did during her uh, stint in MIQ. This is with uh, YouTuber Karen Brewer, uh, who lives up in Northland. And uh, she uh, gave a very different uh, account to Karen of what what sort of evidence and assurances she was really asking for. It went much, much further uh, than just those um, COVID uh, tests. I've submitted them what's called a notice of conditional acceptance and liability, which means, yes, I'll consent to your test, but you need to provide me all of these things. Um, Proof that the COVID um, virus has been identified, proof that mask wearing is um, safe and effective, proof that um, that nothing can be implanted when they do, in, in you when they do a, a COVID test, that it's 100% accurate, all those sorts of things. So it gets them to... The- 
and, and actually state that all of the statistics, the COVID death statistics are accurate, all those sorts. It's a very comprehensive, very watertight document. It's, le- it's lawful and legally binding and non-negotiable. Yeah, so that that's... I mean, that's ludicrous. That's that kind of ultimatum. So you're saying that I would only consent to it if they produced this document with all that information, mask wearing facts, COVID death rates. I mean, that, that's way beyond just assurances about, about what the COVID tests you would have had to have submitted to are about. So there, I think that's vexation. And that's clearly different to what uh, she's telling the media. So where some of those stories uh, went around the net with those kind of quote headlines, you know, just show me the facts, uh, MIQ woman uh, challenges testing, um, you know, it, it goes well. Way beyond that. What other details should have been reported then? Well, you know, I mentioned there the Karen Brewer that she was doing these, um, the YouTuber, she was doing these YouTube videos during her stint in MIQ. Now, I recognised her because uh, the ABC program Media Watch had done an item on her because um, she uh, she lives in Australia, uh, lives in Northland now, uh, but she got a huge award of damages against her for defaming people uh, in Australia uh, with you know, all sorts of crazy uh, conspiracy theories. So she's a COVID denier, a real conspiracy theorist. At the end of her videos, she's urging people to join uh, freedom demonstrations in Whangarei. And in these split-screen videos, you can see Lucinda Balsh nodding her head in agreement. Um, in fact, Lucinda Balsh, uh, I should say, she talks about um, the support she's had from these people, a circle of warriors who want to make change, she calls them. Uh, and together with Karen Brewer, they're discussing plans to release press releases about her case and her unfair detention and so on. So clearly, you know, campaigning. And in fact, there was one interesting part of the, one of Karen Brewer's videos um, where she actually discusses with Lucinda Balsh uh, her interaction with RNZ. So uh, she tells Karen Brewer that she had a 10-minute chat with an RNZ reporter and that that ended up as uh, about 60 seconds, in her words, in the news over the weekend. And Karen Brewer uh, reacts strongly to this, and we've got a bit of audio of that now, because she says that this bit of editing was proof that all journalists were um, conspiring Freemasons. Like I keep telling everybody... Everyone in the media, all of them are Freemason, they more like connected. They don't want you talking because your voice is powerful torch, shines the, shines a light on their network of Freemason, they more like filth. So a 10-minute conversation that Lucinda had with, NZ, with Radio NZ gets cut down to 60 seconds. <laughs> yeah, this is amazing. Uh, this is a major preoccupation of uh, Karen Brewer's that journalists are all uh, in league with Freemasons, that we've all been to the same school, she says. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's very, very fringe stuff. Lucinda Balsh isn't as extreme as that when she's talking to her, but she's nodding away, she's nodding her head. She seems quite uh, suggestible to this sort of stuff. And, uh, yeah, the, the Media Watch program of ABC News Hub picked this up at the time last year, uh, September it was. Uh, almost a million dollars in damages was awarded against Karen Brewer uh, because she had uh, accused an Australian MP of being a, a member of a secretive paedophile network. The MP in question was a woman who ran a woman's charity. Uh, the judge in that case said there was no sensible basis for these wholly indefensible allegations. And I think, interestingly, the judge said... Um, Social media has provided uh, Ms Brewer with a platform by which she's able to reach suggestible individuals who may believe her claims. So uh, Lucinda Bosch may indeed be one of those. But you could say the same of, you know, stories about uh, about 
um, you know, Lucinda's uh, um, stint in MIQ. I just want assurances. I think there's much more to it. She she's clearly seeking much more than that, and uh, in her own way was trying to make a stand against this. And uh, yeah, I think this is a story that other people seeking to challenge COVID restrictions around the world, like Karen Brewer and others, who all communicate online and on social media, will have, will have been taking notice of. And so the moral of the story for the media is? Well, I, I guess you you just have to check these people who are telling you things, check their background, check who they're allied with and what propaganda purposes or campaigning purposes they might be putting uh, the, their personal experience to. Because initially it looked like the, the, the story of one woman who happened to be here in an unexpected situation, wasn't expecting the test, wanted assurances, couldn't get them, initially said, look, I'm just seeking uh, the information that you use to base your um, claims that this is all safe. But, you know, it was going beyond that. So I guess check out all these people who appear in a position of being a, a core celebra and about whom, you know, propaganda, um, you know, could be made on their part by people who sort of share some of these same beliefs. Okay, let's go to Radio Garden. Oh, Radio Garden, yeah, this is brilliant. I wonder if when I see these things that are amazing and astonish you on the internet, uh, is could it be that... Um, that uh, I'm the last one who's heard about this and everyone else has been looking at this for years because this actually goes back to 2016. It's a thing, they call it the Google Earth of radio. So it looks like Google Earth on a website or the app that's been going for a couple of years now as well. You flip the globe around, there's green dots all over it and every dot is a live radio station. Uh, Some 30,000 of them signed up to this now. So you can zoom in and with the click of a mouse or tap of a finger um, play stations from almost anywhere. It's... um, it's absolutely amazing. And uh, The Guardian um, reported on it uh, by coincidence the same week that I stumbled on it, saying that in this sort of so many people in lockdown, the stations, the use of it has been surging and stations are lining up to be on it. Who created it? Well, this was a, um, a rather shy and retiring uh, Amsterdam-based Brit, a guy called Jonathan Pucky. Uh, it must be other people launching it because this is so huge. There's so much on it that I can't believe it's only one person. But initially it was uh, apparently a temporary project by something called the Netherlands Institute for Sound and Vision in a place called Hilversum, where I believe they have a lot of um, uh, media uh, academics and academic work and sort of laboratory media lab digital stuff. And he was trying to... Um, uh, he was researching how radio had fostered transnational encounters, but ended up uh, creating this um, mind-blowing app that, uh, for example, Brian Eno in recent days has been um, has been really pumping and talking about on YouTube, which is perhaps another reason people are really going for it. So it depends what you're listening to, of course. They can't all be that compelling, can they? No, but I, I actually stumbled on this when I looked at Jonathan Pucky's Twitter feed, uh, where he recommended, he said, check out the nighttime talkback on this talk station in Lagos in Nigeria. And time I was reading the tweet, I saw it's about 2am in Lagos at the time, so I, I followed his instructions spun the globe, clicked on it, um, and this is City FM, so I recorded it, but the audio quality isn't great, sorry about this, but this is um, a bit of talkback of the likes of I've never quite heard before. Here's the host introducing the, the topic for the night. Take some music break, and when I return, the conversation continues. Don't forget, all I'm asking is, for a blank check, can you have sex in the presence of your parents, or would you show them your sex tape? Right, uncensored with a tower live in city 105 on the fan, your number one lifestyle station. It's a yes, no, maybe, or a never say never. Never say never. never. 
I don't know, Colin, sounds like the edge. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but uh, some of the calls that that attracted were, uh, yeah, quite unlike any talkback I've uh, heard before. I, I did record them, but I, I thought probably uh, best not to actually broadcast those. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's just a, 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 a fragment of the sort of thing you can pick up on Radio Garden. And what else? Oh, literally anything. I mean, because you can't search it by genre. That's the interesting thing, only by location. So as you idly sit there um, flipping over the globe and picking out sometimes stations in the, what appear to be in the middle of nowhere, um, though once you do find one, you can set it as a favourite and it will point you to stations nearby. But, I mean, that's the thing. With no genre, you absolutely never know what uh, what you're going to get. So it gets quite addictive flipping around. I actually made, if you'd like to hear it, I made a little mashup, just 30 seconds of um, three stations across North Africa uh, that I dropped in on just in literally within 60 seconds, uh, if you'd like to hear that. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, so that last one was one in Egypt and really somewhere, nowhere near anywhere in the middle of Egypt. Uh, the one with the sort of unaccompanied one-string guitar or whatever that was was from Mali and uh, the frantic drumming at the start was a station in uh, Casablanca, Morocco. Uh, yeah, and all of those picked up within uh, about 60 or 70 seconds. Uh, so, yeah, you just never know what you're going to get when you drop the needle on um, on Radio Garden. <laughs> Very good. I obviously don't have as much time on my hands as you, Colin. <laughs> True, <Is> enough. <laughs> True enough. I've, I've had a break from Radio Garden because it was getting addictive. Links to it on the, um, uh, the Midweek Media Watch page, by the way, on the Media Watch section of the RNZ website where you can take a look and also uh, click on the, the video of Brian Eno extolling its virtues of it where you can find uh, Russian Gregorian chant and stuff like that. Okay, great. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Sure thing. That's Colin Peacock in our Wellington studio.